just out of curiosity, did you see it? I noticed you were tweeting no. or texting about it. No. No. Okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> I don't give a shit about that clown movie. <laughs> You're like texting memes from it, though. I was texting memes from the miniseries. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking it hipster over here. I was texting memes from the miniseries that everyone's watched except for me until like five years ago. I think you all float down here is kind of more of a a newer movie thing. I don't know. It's in the original. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we need to be on good behavior. We just got followed by the uh, Scavengers Horde podcast. I don't Did we really? Them. Yeah. Okay. Would you say something, you know, complimentary then? I'm sure that'll they're, win them over. They're an excellent podcast if you like Star Wars. Anyway, uh, shall we begin? Sure. So, hey, we're back. This is Head Cannon. I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And we were not planning to be back. This is a semi-emergency impromptu episode because... There's uh, a great awakening in the, the PLL universe. Our old podcast, Bros Watch PLL 2, covered that show greatly. And uh, I guess we, we kind of just have to say something. And uh, we weren't going to say it in our other podcast because the feed is full. The pattern is full, Ghost Rider. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to do it here instead. Also, the, the podcast is over. Like, yeah. I know people thought that this was going to be like the immediate resurrection of it. It is not. <laughs> Oh, first of all, the show's like a year off, but yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Let's let's just get this out of the way right away. It's an order for a pilot, which is not going to happen like tomorrow. And then, I, I mean, we're looking at what, next fall that the show would air? Maybe, yeah. I, I mean, even mid-season January is such a push. Like maybe summer. I know Freeform is kind of weird. Like maybe they do like shows in March, but I don't know. All right, well, let's save that conversation. We're going to do a little bit of a mini episode, a little shorter than usual, but we still want to try to uh, observe our format. Oh, yeah. but by the way, uh, you know, last episode is episode zero. is like a little repilot rehearsal. Mm-hmm. This is an episode one, right? This can't be episode number one. This isn't a number one episode. So I, I think I came up with what number it is. Oh, what is it? It's number Wang. Number Wang? Yeah. Are you not familiar with number Wang? No, I guess not. Tell me more about the Wang. Uh, you're just going to have to Google it on your own. But uh, this will be episode number Wang. Before we get to PLL discussion, uh, we was oh like chatter. What? You're just insufferable. I'm insufferable? Okay. okay. <laughs> I feel like you're in the minority of not giggling at the uh, the old number Wang there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, as discussed on Twitter, we were going to talk about our... Uh, Go to fall albums. It's a changing of the season. I can't remember how this came up on Twitter, but here it is as a category in my notes. So, Marco, you you said you don't really think about albums anymore. You think about yeah, songs. Yeah, I, I was I was that guy. I mean, I don't know. I'm whatever. I I don't have a a, a whole lot of preparation here because mm-hmm. obviously this wasn't like a topic that I was ready to jump on. Um, so. I assume you've got like a thing. I've got like a, a five contenders, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if I necessarily have one. Okay. These aren't necessarily albums that came out in fall. They just, I don't know, make me think of fall or something. 
I don't okay. know. Maybe it's because they're related to memory, or maybe they just feel like fobs. Uh, so your record collection is is listed autobiographically. Yes. Uh, first one is "Nice Don't Have Your Back," Emily Haynes and Saw Skeleton. I feel like that's almost a winter album. Maybe I'm cheating a little, putting it in fall, but hmm. I don't know what you're feeling on that. Um, yeah, it's a real party album. It's a real uplifting series of jams. I could see the leaves are falling, turning colors. I could see you getting into that. Right on. Mm-hmm. Anything to offer your on your own there? Um, no. Continue. <laughs> you're you're really chipping in, like you said you would. Yeah. <laughs> What's your number two? How does your garden grow better than us? So this is where you see like how old I am because all these albums are like fifteen years old. What about that album? Since you and I are the only people listening to this to ever listen to that band. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I feel know like... because it came out in the summertime, but for some reason it feels like fall to me. I mean, I, I know those guys still tour and still do like Mardi Gras floats in New Orleans or whatever, and still are probably best buds with Anne Rice. But like, I feel like other than their live shows, we're probably the only two fans they have left. So why why is that a fall? <laughs> it feels like fall. Okay. Uh, Trouble and Tremble, Early Mart. This okay. one, too, that could almost be more of a summer album, but I'm cheating a little. Fall's a tough one to nail down because I feel like there's a lot of winter albums. So when you say fall, fall being or if you autumn, would say winter, do you just kind of think like, do you just think like, yeah, not the band, the fall, but like, do you just think like general sad bastard music? Not necessarily, although there is a lot of sad bastard music on here. Like, do you have like a stars album on there? No, I I almost put in our bedroom after the war, but that doesn't feel like a fall album to me. I almost okay. feel like it's a spring album. Um, okay. Yeah, I can't explain it, but it doesn't feel like like autumn. Early Mart, on the other hand, uh, I don't know. It feels like I get like a, a sense of twilight there, you know. Hmm. My next one is the the ultimate sad bastard album, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Can you guess what that is? Like if I said, the what's, ultimate, what's the ultimate sad bastard album, uh, excluding um, what's his face, uh, Bright Eyes? <laughs> um, shit, I feel like I- any other day if we were just having this conversation at a bar, knowing you, I probably could. But uh, I'm not. It's been a it's been a long day. So no, what not is on it? your A game? Huh? <laughs> no, I guess not. Transatlanticism. I oh, yeah, that's a sad bastard. That's that, that's a very you sad bastard. That again, you, too, you could make an argument for winter, but yeah. Do you remember, like, it isn't just like a straight up diss on you because I did it too, but do you okay. remember when you would just like, you would just like pull out like a verse from like a song, usually Def Cab, and you'd put it like in your, your MySpace blog, and it was like, Fuck, yes, yeah, I do. That's deep. That's, that was, <laughs> uh, that was our 20s, man. Yeah. Do people yeah. still do that, like on their Tumblrs or whatever? I think Tumblr was definitely born out of that. I mean, Tumblr is like all the worst things about MySpace, so they probably do. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I miss that Benji a little bit. What do you miss about him? I don't know. The the lack of self-awareness, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Like the, the that kind of mindset that settles in like when you're 14 and it lasts like well <laughs> past you're, you're 24. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. We're, we're all such crazy kids back then. Yeah, last one. 
And I don't know. I feel like I could have done better in this. But I've got Snow Patrol Final Straw. That that one really is a, like I just remember listening to that in the fall type of album. Okay. Hmm. I'll just throw out. What'd you do? You did five. I'll just throw out five random songs. These may or may, or may not be uh, just staring at me from an iTunes playlist. Mm-hmm. That's fair. <laughs> um, Brian Ferry's Is Your Love Strong Enough and or the cover of that from The Girl of Dragon Tattoo. Hmm. Um, uh, a song called How It Ends by a group called Devochka. That's a very fall jam to me. Um, Is this like your li- list, your playlist? It's just like Marco's Deep Cuts. No, but that's like that's like nineteen of my hmm. my my playlists are just okay. my deep cuts. Um, ooh, I just saw a good one that I really wanted to use. Oh, you can use it. There's no rules here. Oh, I'm I'm still scrolling. So <laughs> Everything that's... is free. Nothing is forbidden. <laughs> Hassan Yudisva, a bad dream is a song by Keen, that ridiculous British band. That that is like the the ultimate like toxic male trapped in a cold room in the fall mm. <laughs> with feelings. Um, I really wanted to put Rilo Kylie somewhere on here, but I feel like they're a fall band, but mm. none of their albums feel like fall. Weirdly enough, so this this is going to be an interesting thing how people respond to this, and I think that the way they respond to it is not at all because mm. whatever our core listenership is the mm-hmm. fallout the leftover from the pll podcast mm-hmm. we're like 15 years old i know it's great <laughs> there's like the few outliers who are like hey i remember that ridiculous reference because i'm kind of your age um what i'm a did i do three um oh shit i could do i could do this all night honestly uh right, when, well, give, give us two more when the postal service covered against all odds by phil collins really interesting <laughs> of all the postal service songs you go with that one you said you didn't want to play because uh, because there's probably a story and it probably involves a girl from like 12 years ago so um not like and the then district the sleeps it alone tonight <laughs> that's a ball song beethoven's fifth symphony side <laughs> one track one. <laughs> oh, then um the mother of them all where did it go tell me something now somebody who owned a record store not like music <laughs> i will now sell five copies of the three eps um then a song called Every Single Moment in My Life is a Weary Weight by Nino Bruno. That is the most sad bastard 80s new wave fall shitty person in a room song that I can think of. And I love it. Well, this I love is good. every goddamn intro. I feel like we're, we're just setting some expectations here on our new podcast. You know, if, if you're willing to come along to this journey, just FYI, we're fucking old. So, and, and yeah, you know, reach out to us we could do we could probably do three hours on a on a better night where we just talk about uh you know random songs that we like and give mm-hmm. brief vague autobiographical details about them all right or i think we've tortured people long enough do we want to talk about the perfectionist yeah i guess we should right by the way um the perfectionist that like i made twitter i made twinser happen the perfectionist is happening just get on board everyone are you saying perfectionists? Perfectionists, like plur p l l perfectionists. So you're just taking out the e from per and adding no, the, two. The, the e is still there. I'm just putting in two l's between the p and the e. Okay, so perfectionists. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
that that's so, that's gonna be the new hashtag. Yeah, that that'll look good as a hashtag. Sure. Okay. Okay. So breaking news this morning: Pretty Little Liars: Colon the Perfectionist spinoff show announced. Mm. Two two of the liars are back. Says Freeform, even though they never really counted Mona as a liar. Mm. Janelle Parrish and Sasha Peters are going to reprise their roles as Mona Vanderwall and Allie De Laurentiis. So, on a it's a based on a book by Sarah Shepard, who also wrote PLL, but like it's not it's sort of quasi in the same universe, but not really. No, I don't think it's in the same universe at all. Like, no, there's I like know- a there's like a there's really weird deep references I think in in the book to like one of the like bully conferences they had in PLL or something like that there's like a weird crossover character so you could you could technically make the argument but it's very deep like like you're saying like Dr. Sullivan could cross over no it's like someone else was at some anti-bullying assembly they had or something that's like a character from the perfectionist or something are like you that. are you saying that we could get like a truth up episode of the perfectionist maybe Oh man. Um so what what do you think? So I think if you were to take the character that I m- most wanted in a spin-off and the character I least wanted in a spin-off and put them in one show. Burn. Sorry, Allison. The least I feel like you could do worse, no, Allie. No, I'm, I'm being shitty. I just it's hmm. like which Allison is gonna show up? Like which of her one hundred past selves is gonna show up? <laughs> but like this is bonkers like it, it just it it beggars belief there's so many questions um especially with mona <laughs> yeah i i don't even know that was my first question i didn't even give a shit about emerson because I, I wake up not giving a shit about emerson but like the mona stuff how do you parachute out of that i have so many and honestly so, like so many thoughts like the, the just to begin with like PLL spinoff where they break up a popular relationship and like wedge characters into another story that's not really about them. That has a great track record. That was great. Well, yeah, take the, but take the, the most popular relationship that you're still kind of astonished that people actually like (laughs) and break it up. And I think it's actually Spovey, but yeah, they're, they're close. Um, like, is this like a girl meets world thing? Is like a Degrassi, the next generation thing? Like, are they barely characters? Are you, they just like the teachers? Are you like aware of the, the should I read you the synopsis of? Um, yeah, I've read the synopsis. In Beacon Heights, Washington, five girls, Ava, Caitlin, Mackenzie, Julian Parker. Know that you, you know don't who's have to not mentioned there? Who? Your, your My girl, Willa? Willa? Yeah. Well, because it's a whole other town. <laughs> it's a whole other state. <laughs> Of course, my girl Willow is going to show up. She's just going to show up. Um, yeah, first these girls have nothing in common until they realize they all hate Nolan Hotchkiss. What Nolan Hotchkiss. Yeah. Who, He's who, done terrible who, things to each of them. Just based on the name alone, who do you cast as Nolan Hotchkiss? I I don't know. It'll probably be some young kid you've never heard of. I want it to be like a young Brant Doherty. Like who's the next brand what if, what if it was just uh, Cody Christian? Awesome. Hey, you look a lot like I know. I get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Would Chad Lowe be in this show? As a celebrity cameo. That'd be awesome. Do you think that they're like 
whatever the show is on Famous Love, do you think that the girls on The Perfectionist watch it? I mean, they should if if the Reform really wants that like tie-in. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, PLL never uh, never lowered itself to that level, so I don't know if they will for this. I mean, don't so, stop it. Let's get let's get like Detective Munch to show up. Let's get like Joey Tribbiani to show I think up. That guy's dead. Belzer? I think so. I don't know. Google that. Anyway, the the concept here: these five girls. There's like this mean jerk who's like done terrible things, whatever that means to all of them. Uh, they come up with the perf- perfect way to kill him. Hypothetically, of course, it's just a joke, just a prank, bro. Until he turns up dead, in exactly the way they planned. Oh, so now they must find the real killer. And their perfect lives will come crashing down around them. He's still alive, but he's 73. Really? Yeah. Oh, dead to me. Damn. So, Beacon Heights is like Seattle, I, I think. Or like some suburb of Seattle. I think it's supposed to be like Belltown or Capitol Hill or something like that. Um, <laughs> not, not far from Forks. Yeah. I don't know. I could be wrong on that. Maybe it's more rural. I haven't read it. I'm. I guess I'm kind of tempted to now. Um, oh, I'm gonna read it now. One of the things that was hard. I don't know. Hard is the right word, but the one of the things I didn't like about reading the PLL books is I'd already watched a show, and the characters, the liars in the books, have no liar bond. They're barely even friends. They just like mm-hmm. are tied together by this thing. They don't seem to even like each other. And like after watching the show first, that wasn't like a fun paradigm to dive into. But having mm-hmm. You know, there's no show that exists now for the perfectionist. So this is probably a good time to read it because that's it, like you're just getting what the author wanted. Yeah. I. I don't know, man. This just seems. Synopsis wise, it just seems like something from the author of Pray Little Liars trying to cash in somewhat in the same the same general market. Um, I've heard from people that, you know, some of our listeners have written in to say that this is, a, these are actually pretty good books. They have good twists. I, I've heard that they're better as books than the PLL books. I, I okay. can't confirm. I haven't read them, but that's what I've heard. I guess I'm just, I'm, I'm the, the beauty of just the title. Pretty little liars is it's, it's like Hannah. It's, it's so weird and bonkers. You, you come up with a certain kind of idea that's ludicrous based on the title and then the show is free to be anything from that so i'm kind of curious what this show would be like, like what what'd you think of the, the seven the, years forward the actual title that the show has which is pretty little liars colon the perfectionist is that what, seriously the actual title that's what it's in announced as in the uh, press release Oh, I don't like that. That's dumb. Yeah, it's Han Solo, Pretty Little Liars anthology. Yeah, um, yeah, it's that's a little weird. Yeah, that's. I rough. mean, I it's it's an obvious branding thing. Like we all know why they're doing it. I don't know if it'll work for them, but mm-hmm. good luck, I guess. I mean, you and I have talked. I think we talked a little bit on the podcast. Maybe just. I don't know how they weren't trying to push uh, a PLO spinoff or trying to push something more out of famous and love just because like this that was their most popular show that's what kind of put them on the map um you can't just do marvel shows and other stuff but i, I don't like that title <laughs> i'm really hung up on that well i mean we've we've talked about the theoretical spinoff before 
I think at the time we thought it would be Emily and Allie like moving to Seattle to be on The Perfectionist. And it always mm-hmm. seemed weird because it was like, how would they just be supporting characters on another show? Mm-hmm. You know, wouldn't you just be wondering the whole time like what Spencer and Arya are up to because yeah. they're around? Um, with bringing Mona into it, that's like an even weirder thing. I mean, on the one hand, it's Janelle Parrish. I'm not going to complain. Yeah. I, I'd like to see more of her on my TV. But like, how do you work Mona in? Like, cause like the, you know, the storyline is like, oh no, they have to like solve this murder. Like, doesn't Mona just like solve that by like episode two? Seriously. Like she's, she's kind of a pro at all this. Like, what is she doing in Seattle? Is she the governor or something? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you have like Mona ex machina show up in the first episode, I don't know how you have, you know, is it like a Saeed thing or you just have to keep sending her to the other side of the island? Mm -hmm. She tortured someone. She's exiled from the group. Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, I can't stress this enough. I don't give a shit about Emerson, but it makes more sense to me if Emily and Allison show up together. I guess I could see, or you could have them involved with whoever the actual main characters of the show are, and then you could have them do like their own side couple adventures where they're also trying to get a babysitter while investigating shit, and they're like almost in their 30s. Maybe, maybe oh. Ali just wasn't into the mom life. He went out for a pack of cigs, didn't come back. <laughs> yeah um yeah she just danced her way right out of that that marriage um it's also interesting yeah, like, this is this, a this is not a dead girl show this is a dead boy show what do hey, you think about that dichotomy? tv can use more dead boys well you know it works so great for the snooze fest that is riverdale so well the there's that the the dead boy in riverdale is like the exact opposite of compelling. Yeah. I is it is it just him? Is it that they cast this weird, freaky looking like ginger guy who's supposed to be a big man on campus, even though he's like this weird pale freak? Like is is he the reason the dead boy doesn't work, or is it just the concept in general that it's just for whatever reason societally, it's not that interesting when a teenage boy dies. Yeah. Like there's there's less of a a mystery like culturally around the lives of teenage boys you know right right um supposedly the new fans don't show up unless it's a missing white woman supposedly they are might be moving the show from high school to college which like this almost feels like marlene is just like stacking up impossible challenges like i don't know how they're gonna make this work like a college show never works um it's like you want to you want to spin off, but only kind of, and you're going to include these two characters who how do you even work them into the main show? And then, oh, it's also going to take place in college instead of high school. And uh, that has a great track record as well. As we've talked about in other projects, like high school is the perfect stage for so many of these things because it already is an internalized hyper reality. The dumbest little things are 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 avatars and analogs for something so much bigger and epic. There's and they there's feel no one so to amazing. order you to go to a class in college and you just stay in your dorm room. Yeah. Like it's just not there's, the there's same. There's no stakes. There's no stakes. Yeah. Um I <laughs> I saw some speculation that it could be during PLL's college years. I don't know how they make that work without massive potholes. Not that that's ever stopped Marlene before, but still. Like Theoretically, like, Allie'd be back watching Charlotte. In, in Washington State? 
<laughs> and like season two, Emily's like, she gets a phone call and she like stares in the camera and she's like, that day I feared is here. I have to go. My dad just died. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> Winefields. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, it just, just seems like, impo- well then, okay, so again, we are totally available for this writing staff. Totally I, I like how you're just but, begging for that at the same time, yeah. I think, didn't I start the PLL podcast begging for a job? I'd like to continue okay. that proud tradition of, of whoring myself out. Um, but I, I guess I'm one of, I feel like Army, Army Marlene King's biggest fans. I'm also, I'm also very worried, like, like Allison, like which Marlene will show up because I know she can do great work. I know she's got some like crazy ideas in her head that really come alive on the screen. But like, if you're going to fill a writer's room, like I would hate if day one she just walks in and she's just like ships. Well, I, I want don't, ships. Honestly, I don't know how any writer, the the most fantastic writers out there, I don't know how they would grapple with the challenges that this show presents. You know, like it, it almost seems like unwinnable. But uh, I guess we'll see what they come up with. I guess, I, it, but there's there's a, there's a dials to certain elements of the show, and so basically, you need a little come back from a showrunner or a network or whatever how much of this do you want how much of that do you want okay i can pitch ideas now but how much of these various things do you want like do you want this to be the mona and allison show or are they just like the giles to every time mona's not on the screen i'm just gonna be wondering where's mona yeah just having an adventure that's that's like the budget couldn't sustain Mm -hmm. what's what's twinster up to is she still in france with the French guy, how? I mean, that's that to me. That is such a bigger issue than than Emily and the two kids. Is like you have two people trapped <laughs> in a cell in France. Maybe well, it, was, it, it was kind of weird at the end of that. It could have been a dream. I don't know, but still, dream logic. Yeah, it almost seems unfair to whoever they eventually cast to be these five new characters because. They just have the shadow. Not only is is Mona and Allie hanging around, but they have the shadow of the PLLs hanging over them the whole time. Like people who are tuning mm-hmm. in, are they going to be? They they're just really going to have to knock it out of the park with those characters. Or you're like, oh, I'm tuning in for Ava and Mackenzie, uh, and and not just like I'm here like hoping that the, like Lucy Hale has like a two minute cameo or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Which that'll never happen. Um, it could I mean? I don't know, like if they were filming this thing in Vancouver or something, they could pull some strings and get her to like Skype in, you know, like Skype Mona or something. <laughs> maybe maybe it's just a lot of shots of like Mona checking her email, Mona and Allie like looking at their email and they just see messages from the other liars. Or it's just Janelle Parrish will also will play a dual role of also playing Arya. Or it's like on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. how they just like mention the Avengers a lot, even though they never show up. Let me let's talk about how good Janelle Parrish is. I would watch a PLO season eight in which Janelle Parrish played like all of the liars and Mona. And she could do it. Um, like the whole show was the one woman show. I. What was I your, just, what so was your immediate reaction? Like you're just your, your gut, like haven't even had time to form a thought. Just like, what was the first thing that popped in your mind when you heard about this? this morning presumably on like twitter uh my phone just came alive with like an instagram thing somebody from instagram two people from instagram tagged us so my first thought was like 
when the president calls, you know, it's like the, you know, oh, you got a phone's ringing. Oh, I'm, I'm busy. No, no, it's the, it's the red phone. It's the one in the corner. You're like, oh, shit. You know, and you go in the room and you close the door and you take it and you're just like, Mr. President or Madam President, you know, a better time in an alternate reality. Um, and they're like, space called. We need you back. So you, you, felt, the, the stars. you felt the call of duty. I, 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 I felt hope. And then <laughs> as I processed it throughout the day, I thought, this is going to be weird. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Did What, what was your initial emotion? I mean, honestly, it was it was what I posted on Twitter. I immediately thought of that scene with Spencer. You know, she's like, you know, for a couple of years there, I really thought I was free. Mm-hmm. I took horseback riding lessons. You let so just, you started letting people tag when you I, on Facebook. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Yeah, you're like you're like Wiley Coyote. You're just tired of running through those rocks that have like a I tunnel. Took, I took a on cooking them. class. Yeah. 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 Now everything's uh, back where it began. Well, like a year from now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I appreciate everyone who's like, I'll watch this show if you do a podcast about it. I mean. All I can say is no promises. We'll, we'll see, first of all, if it gets picked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like in a year or whenever when it airs, we'll watch the pilot and we'll see how we feel. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it might be something we're totally into. It might not. Yeah, I mean, we're we're definitely gonna watch for at least a little bit because we want to see Mona on screen again. It'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see what they do with Allie. There's a little bit of sense of, uh, you know, I want it to be good because it features creative people and characters that I like. Like, I don't want it to be bad. Um, I mean, if I, I had the like choice, it, though, like if you said you can have this show where you can have just the perfectionist as a show not even really knowing anything show. not even really knowing anything about the perfectionist i feel like i'd rather just see that yeah like yeah, that's, I, it's great that we're gonna see moan on screen again but i don't know if it's necessarily a good thing yeah exactly i i think you're just really shackling this story with a lot of weird baggage and questions that you have to clear out of the gate before you even get to and they're not the main the characters on hotchkiss yeah they're not even the main characters it's like it's like mrs dilarentis the teacher unless unless they are unless you're just throwing out the whole ava mckenzie and my girl willa thing and it's Your just girl willa like, already got thrown out Oh, how dare you? Unless it's like just these girls and they're just like, we survived, you know, 12 years of hell. Like, how would we kill this random dude? And Mona's like, I'll tell you, I'll kill him. And like the next morning they wake up and the guy's dead. Exactly like that. That's that's something. Caitlin, Mackenzie, Julie and Parker. God, those are some serious white girl names. Yeah. There just needs to be a girl named Morgan. Jordan or Beckett. Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Maybe an Ainsley. Yeah. Oh, an Ainsley for sure. Um, I mean, Ava, that's a pretty white girl name. They could be. I feel like there's at least a possibility there. I mean, like, I'm honestly shocked that they're not just making it Rosewood again. <laughs> no, I think you gotta switch locations. I don't know. To me, it's like if. If you're going to do PLL spinoff as like PLL the new class makes more sense to me than just like putting the PLL name on something completely different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
just like a new PLL mystery in Rosewood. Even if the other characters weren't around, it's like a spiritual spinoff, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas this is like, I don't know, it's going to be weird. Like, like oh, I wonder what Allie thinks about Nolan Hotchkiss. Yeah, what do I mean? She's like, like oh, have... that guy's a terrible student of mine. That that rascal, oh, he's dead. I mean, it's it, wouldn't it make the the B stuff with uh, Addison Derringer make more sense? In the finale, if you that was the spinoff, yeah, I mean, maybe they had a couple different plans. I don't know because you already have an Ava. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't lose a Caitlin for my my girl Willa. I'm just reading the the Kirkus review of the Perfectionist now. They write the landscape of suburban affluence is described in deliciously shallow detail. <laughs> That's what I like about you is how shallow you are. Yeah. I'm like uh, I'm like reading this sentence from the uh, the the press thing, and I'm like confused. No, the a... Beacon Heights, who hold just made secret lies as Rosewood did, as no, the girls from Rosewood did, or the town of Rosewood. I think did? the town of Rosewood. Now there there's like more than one of these books, right? I think there was like a sequel or something. Yeah, I think I think, but I think it like ended with the sequel. This is a, this is a bad place to come from because yeah, we haven't it's, read them. It's like we're starting out all over again. To be fair. Somehow I I did acquire the ebook for the first one a, a while ago. I just never read it. So, I mean, I can, you know, start reading as soon as this podcast ends. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. As soon as the podcast but, ends, yeah, just, just turn off shit, your mic huh? and open up uh, your ebook. Yeah, I just open it up right now while we talk. <laughs> um, boy, yeah, it's. It's something. It's weird. It's like there's all this news now, but it's it like we talked about. It's not going to be like a year before we really know what this is going to be. And yeah. I, they've been oddly quiet, at least like Marlene has about you know what this means for Emily or the other characters and will they show up or not. Which I I take that silence as like let's see let's see if the numbers work out type of thing, you know. Also, like, who can we who can we get? It's been like twelve hours. <laughs> I'm that's, sure that's that they, like an eternity on the internet. Still, let let some of this you know let some of this just fester. Like they don't have to answer this right away. Um, no, but I mean, it's an obvious question. What about Emily? Like, there's a lot of obvious. I feel questions, like I think if they had a if they were ready to provide the answer on that, they would have. I don't think they are yet. Maybe because they're like seeing if they can get Shay Mitchell back or what, you know. Who's already doing a show on like Lifetime, and whatever her deal was to develop her some own whole, show, some whole production deal, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Okay, Freeform's lineup. There's whatever Young and Hungry is about. There's a show called Alone Together. There's the Blackish spinoff. There's the Bold Type, Beyond, Famous in Love, The Fosters, Shadow Hunters, Cloak and Dagger, and then. I want to say it's called New Warriors, but I'm just going to call it Squirrel, Squirrel Girl. Girl. Yeah, yeah, Squirrel Girl. Didn't they? Did they cast her? I think they did, right? They they did. They yeah, cast the right. uh, the girl from one of the phone commercials. Right on. Yeah, she's a comedian, so she'll be great. It's it's like a oh comedy. yeah, that's right. She was like to be. she was on like a Love It or Leave It like randomly like right after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Passes, she was on Love right? It or Leave It. Yeah, it's it's meant to be more of a comedy. So I think the fact that they cast like a comedian will help. <laughs> um. 
it you know oh, there's the uh the the killer mermaid show too sure what's it called? like is this gonna Kill, be on killer, the killer mermaid show is that show just called killer mermaids no or is it like sirens i think it's called sirens okay but do you feel like it would get more traction if it was just called killer mermaids maybe maybe like, which would you maybe show up more? sirens colon killer mermaids hmm. just to make sure you fit all your bases there I mean, would you would you show up for a show that has like some kind of clever, well thought out quote from Hamlet, or what if the show went by its original title, which is just like Ghost Detective? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I right. think I think I listened to what is that John August podcast? Oh, script notes. Yeah, the other guy he came up with like the best title for a show that I don't even have to t- tell you what the show is, but you know it's going to be good. It's just Mummy Dad. Sure. It's I, like that's, that's I listen, your whole pitch, Mummy Dad. I listen to that uh, podcast off and on. It's like I'll enjoy it for a while and I'll get sick of it. My my one problem with that podcast is like, have you looked at uh, Craig Mason's filmography? It's not great. It's like not, the Hangover. Not great, right? Bob. Yeah, yeah. The Hangover Two. It's like <laughs> the Hangover Two, and also Identity the movie Thief. that he's he's waiting to write called like i was ted cruz's roommate and yes he is the zodiac (laughs) i i I just maybe he's done a lot of like uh you know script doctoring work that he can't uh, take full credit for and and that's where his true talent lies i don't know let's uh so let's talk about the fact i know we have another topic we'll get to in a second speaking of many spinoffs and continuations but like let's throw out the Prill Liars colon whatever. Let's throw well, out like the perfection. We've done like a million of these, haven't we? Yeah, let's just say Haunted Vineyard. Haunted Vineyard's good, but here's a title that I think works just as well. Okay. The Amateurs. Pretty Little Liars colon The Amateurs. <laughs> I mean, all, I'm pretty sure that that's kind of Sarah Shepherd's lane is kind of these female focused like pulpy mystery type stories mm. so they're all they're in the the same you know family if not the species or whatnot you know yeah i um I, has, I have a lot of questions and it's like if i could get like three or four questions answered i'd feel a lot more confident i you know i could definitely see it having i mean because it's either it's either like this kind of show or it's that kind of show this happens in or that happens in it so there's a lot of like either ors um well, like, how much are like relationships going to take over this theoretical show? I mean, that's what I was saying. Is like, if if that's where you're starting from, that's oh. horrible. I feel like that's what we were talking about. It doesn't work in Famous in Love. Caitlin develops feelings for her boyfriend's younger brother. Parker starts seeing a, seeing a therapist with a hidden agenda. Where are you? Are you like on Goodreads or something? As the uh, Kirkus reviews here. Caitlin develops feelings away. I already read that. No, where's the other one? Matt competes with a frenemy over a boy in a Juilliard edition. Oh, shit. They call her Mac, huh? Short for Mackenzie. Hmm. Huh. Let's talk about the fact that. Oh, never mind. Sorry. I. <laughs> There's also a book by, called The Perfectionist by Gail Godwin. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, Gail Godwin wrote this review? Amazing. Um, Mac, huh? What exactly did Nolan Hotchkiss do to them? Do you think 
that Sarah Shepard just like stared at a blank wall for a while and she's like, what am I going to call this guy? And then she just like looked at like Peter Hastings and she's like, Nolan. You know, when I hear the name Nolan, I, for whatever reason, I can't not think of the like rich guy from Revenge, mm-hmm. the like rich software guy or whatever. And mm-hmm. so I, I keep picturing yeah. that guy. I keep as yeah. like this like like young version of that guy is just like this ultimate preppy asshole. That dude floated through my mind too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I feel like he like a blonde for sure for this Nolan dude. People won't feel as bad when a, a blonde dude dies. Would the revenge have been better if it was like a teen show? Yes. I mean, it's not kind fantastic. of what Pretty Little Liars is in a way. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like you feel like revenge is like the 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 white girl watered down version of like a Mona show. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Who was the the matriarch in that? I'm drawing a blank right now. It's not oh, Samantha Mathis. Madeline Stowe. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was not Samantha Mathis. A really weird low register voice. Yeah. I watched like a season oh, and a half of that show. Emily. I just I can't suffer dudes named Declan. I'm sorry. I hate that guy. I hated that guy in Gossip Girl. I hated that guy and well, to the ends of the earth. I hate that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I hate, but I hate even more. Is do you remember Jack? Oh, the her like lame ass old townie boyfriend. Her like salt of the earth bar townie boyfriend. Do, do they ever bring in like door number three, like some other dude who's not the the dipshit rich guy son and not Jack. The British guy? I saw a little bit of the British guy. The poorest he, of poor man's James Bonds? I guess we need a door number four then, because, yeah. <laughs> I'm and, trying to remember when did I leave off in that show. I want to say I got... I want to say I got into season three and there was a, like, was like three episodes. dad not dead eventually? I think so, but there was a three-episode stint where Emily had amnesia, and I was just like, "You're done." Yep, that's that's a strawberry patch laying there. Yeah. All oh right. my god! Can you just someday, Prilla Liars colon Strawberry Patch Lane. A long enough timeline. Let's uh, all the ship skip into the sun hand in hand. Let's put a pin in the perfectionists for right now. We uh, we're going to talk about Star Trek Discovery because we both watched that and. Long ago, we were Star Trek nerds. Uh, we'll be back before the end of the show, though, to talk about how we would write Emily Fields out of The Perfectionist. So uh, if you're interested in that, stick around. We're going to we're gonna nerd out on some Star Trek right now, though. I just want to say real quick that the Kirkus review ends with the words suspenseful and juicy. Juicy. All right, so what did you think? Moist. Um, yeah, Star Trek Discovery, I, I don't know. That was not what I was expecting. Um, you 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 said a couple weeks ago you thought it was gonna be a failure. I did just from the production, really. I'll, I'll say this: it looks the production values looked much higher than I was expecting. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know what to make of it. It felt and looked a lot more like Mass Effect than Star Wars or Star Trek to me. Yeah, I can see that. My, my first uh, confusion of you know, Star Trek and Star Wars in this conversation. <laughs> um it, i don't know like if you'd asked me like give me your new star trek show this is like the opposite of that so i'm trying to keep an open mind even though like it's definitely not a direction i saw them going in especially like so, with all the like the big game brian fuller talked i know he's he still has story credits even though he's not involved in the show anymore so like 
was this at least a tiny bit what he was planning i wonder so didn't he didn't he get yeah he kind of wrote at least a few drafts of these two episodes but um i feel like only under brian fuller's direction do you get every other scene is like a takuvma monologue i i was not here for the fucking klingons in this episode and they're like endless subtitled scenes yeah which were incredibly yeah. boring um i don't just, that, that eh. could have been that was like that was across two episodes that was like a combined 18 scenes that could have been three <laughs> i just was waiting for like they say like two sentences a klingon and then they're just like please let us speak english for no reason at all and they just like start no. speaking in english Oh, only when they're on the view screen with the the humans. But for all of the the non-human Klingon scenes, it's just fucking Klingon. It's no, I know, Klingon. I know. I'm saying they should have just spoken English. Oh, they should have, they should have lampshaded some reason for them to like. Oh, there are different dialects here. Let us speak the common tongue instead. You know. Oh, no, but do you remember? Okay, to me, the best use of this kind of thing is in Hunt for Red October. Oh, where, where it it's like gradually, Russian, Russian, yeah. Russian. Yeah, they just kind of zoom in on Sean Connery's mouth and then he slowly starts speaking English and they zoom back out and it's like, boom, now the Russians are all going to speak English. You're welcome. I mean, I'm not necessarily opposed to subtitles. Uh, A lot of times with a foreign film, you prefer them to dubs, but uh, Klingon, no thank you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, I don't need to hear it in the original Klingon, especially when it sounds like all the actors barely know what they're saying. There was a small part of me that was like, is this the actual like bullshit Klingon that somebody actually printed a dictionary up for? Like, because that's got to be is. such pain in the ass for an actor. I'm sure <laughs> it like, is because none of the act- those actors are wooden as fuck. Lines in original Klingon. Yeah. Oh man, all those Klingon scenes are awful. Uh, they all sound like a Nazi clearing his throat. Yeah. Um. Fuck. Uh. <sighs> I, I, you know, I was pleasantly surprised. I don't know what I think. Do you remember? Do you remember what the first episode of Time Travel Mystery we talked about creatively at the end? Uh, yeah, well, long, long ago, we we pitched our own Star Trek revival or show or whatever. Ours would have been set after Next Gen. This is like before the original right. series, right? It was like post-war show or something like that but the focus was still on discovery it was just like yeah, a, was in a more dangerous galaxy wars. yeah um but with captain olivia wilde was our <laughs> big selling olivia wilde with an eye patch i mean i, I still, we, still think that works didn't we want like draco malfoy as like the first officer or something like that i can't remember i just know that they had data's head was like a character you didn't That's, get the whole data just the head which, which this was years before prometheus because i haven't seen the second one but like the ending of prometheus with fastbender's head yeah yeah we were like they just they just carry brent spiner's head around well i I think it's that that still beats uh like weird mind meld conversations on the astral plane with Sarek, played by jane's brain yeah i i was also not really here for that i i felt bad for jane's brain like his Sarek was rough he's trying He's trying real hard. Is this like before he had Spock or or no, I guess because I don't know. I don't know what the exact timeline is. It's, it's like it's no, this before next been, gen, but or before the original, but not that much earlier. Spock would have this is, this is 10 years before the original series. Okay. 
So the uniforms make no sense. The you know the ship designs, the bridges, all that stuff makes no sense. They've stressed that it's in the prime universe, so whatever. Even though the visual style is much more in the JJ universe, but sure, yeah. Well, in the ending with them actually on the Klingon ship is essentially the ending of the first JJ movie. But you know, in the whole Klingon redesign, whatever. Um, James Frame, who's in a relationship with one of the directors of a latter PLL episode too, as our tenuous connection. Um, I liked, I liked Michael Burnham. Um, her plans make no sense. Okay, I gotta ask you, like, was it just me or was everyone like ridiculously attractive? Like, I'm not used to seeing this level of hotness in a Star Trek show. Like Saru. Like everyone was super hot. Like even like the random crew members were all like these like GQ I models. I want to talk about I want to talk about the member of Daft Punk who was on the bridge crew. I think they. The I think they got got. I hope they come back. I saw them getting uh, but like carted it was away. Like they, it was like they got like some like like what is that what is that thing from Mister Robot the Colonel whatever um Colonel uh Colonel whatever Sanders when your when your computer goes fucked oh like, Colonel uh, Panic snow yeah crash. Colonel Panic yeah. yeah Snow Crash. Like the Daft Punk had to be like let away. <laughs> I hope they bring that. I yeah, I hope they bring that weirdo back. It was a girl, I believe. Uh, or at least that's right because it had cause, breasts. Because yeah. there was more than a sense of boobs. Yeah, yeah definitely a sense I, of boobs there. I but no, that, everyone was like super hot. Daft it was kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. Even though there's like only three characters, there's like expendable crew red shirts. Which, by the way, no one has a red shirt. I don't know how they deal with that. I don't like the, the color thing. Also, in my past, I've I've worked not I've not been a member of the military. I've worked for the military, and I've taken great obnoxious pride that my sole understanding of military ranks comes from Star Trek. Do <laughs> mm-hmm. mind? But from I Star Wars for sure. I really where everyone's a fucking general. Everyone's a general. Yeah. So <laughs> Luke. That's the future liberals want. But like, I don't like the the identifier coloring scheme of the uniform. Oh, like I didn't I, even notice it. Is there one? There's it's, it's so there's like a, a I want to say like a silver, a yellow, and a gold. It's super. Oh hard. wow! Yeah, yeah. it's super <laughs> it's hard. A to bunch read. of shiny reflective material. Yeah. Like I was really, I was super nerdy. I was really studying for the minute differences well, and like uniforms. Speaking, like uh, speaking of the military, did any any character in this episode? give off even the faintest vibe that they were in the military besides maybe Michelle Yeoh. Just Michelle Yeoh. Like Michelle Yeoh was awesome. In this. C- C- Lieutenant Commander Girl Michael or whoever whatever her rank is, she did not strike me as having ever served in the military before. Like well, I I really had- I wanted to like that character uh mostly just because of the actress, but like that role is rough, man. I don't know what they're. I don't know where they're going with it and what they're doing, but that's not a good character right now. She only has slightly more whatever than Kirk in the JJ universe, where he goes from cadet to captain in like seven hours. Like she just gets dropped off on the ship seven years earlier, and then somehow becomes like a lieutenant commander. At that but time. She, like when they even go to the academy when they're walking around on the desert planet. She like you could have told me this is a like a civilian scientist or something like she did not have any sort of the bearing as somebody who'd like been serving on a starship for seven years, you know? Yeah, um, none of them did. None of the characters did at all. I mean, fucking Doug Jones, probably, I guess a little bit. He was he was just like a huge pussy, but 
at least he kind of seemed like he was following orders. I, I, Doug Jones, of course, is like super, like blatantly telegraphed in, like, this is your data, this is your Spock, this is the character to watch. I mean, I like their little interchange, um, just the like constant, like, generally like, like patting each other out of the way of their console <laughs> to get the captain's attention. Well, it's like, you know, Spock was, uh, he was a logical Vulcan, and then data was an emotionless robot, and then like the doctor on Voyager was. I don't know something. This guy is like his thing is he's a coward. Yeah, I don't, genetically. Yeah, genetically a coward. He's genetically designed to fear. Yeah. Where's Jason Isaacs? He's coming in the next episode. Is he coming in the next episode? Okay. Did you watch the like the? Did your thing have like the trailer for the season? Uh, if it did, I didn't see it. Oh yeah, so it's like she's on uh on like the next episode she's on like a prisoner transport like i don't know how much later it is and the prisoner transport gets like absconded with by the discovery and he's just like i got something fucking freaking happening on my my ship i need everyone involved and so somehow she ends up in a uniform and well you know watching the forum and saru is this... wait who's saru saru is doug jones okay yeah. watching this episode i kept thinking like is this the show or is this some sort of weird two part prelude to the show? I guess you're it's saying it, it sounds like more of a prelude. Like, cause it, yeah, it seems more serialized to me. So, which is why at the end of the episode, I was like, well, I don't know where the fuck this is going. Well, that's when you were like, I'll just watch the first one. And I was like, no, <laughs> watch the first two. Well, the show did a, a couple weird de-escalations of tension that I found very bizarre. Um, mm. There is the bit where she's like, doing her whole like spaceman thing where she's floating around in the suit which mm-hmm. by the way i don't know how a star trek show star trek renowned for like at least trying to be scientifically accurate they've got like a timer for her radiation poisoning what the fuck was that i would think it would be more based on actually like her body's reaction to the radiation you know yeah, oh as, as soon as you hit the 20 minute mark suddenly then you get the lethal dose of late radiation sure yeah yeah then, then you start getting like body lesions yeah but okay so she's doing that whole business and then like oh no she you know happens upon a klingon and like runs into him and her, she's floating in space what's gonna happen to her and then like it's it, like goes to commercial or whatever comes back and like she's just in sick bay mm-hmm. or she's not even not even that like, i think they go to the fucking klingons again and then they come back and now she's in sick bay and you're like, oh, I guess he just rescued her off screen or something. That was weird. Because almost every every act break starts with like Takuma having a, you know, another dose of his monologue. Yeah. And then later they at the they end the first episode with like a shitload of Klingon ships showing up like, oh, no, the discovery is totally overmatched or no, it's not the discovery, is it? It's the, the, Shinju. the Shinju. Yeah. The Shinju is totally overmatched. And then the next episode nothing really happens for a while and then a bunch of federation ships show up so it's like more of an even fight and you're like huh that went nowhere like i don't know it was weird the way they like didn't even play into the tension they're trying to build yeah am i supposed to be rooting for (laughs) lieutenant commander girl michael because i she did not make any good decisions at all like i'm sorry i can't get like no matter like what the the Vulcans told you, like I I can't get behind a preemptive strike. No. Well, I kept waiting for for uh, Michelle Yeoh to be like, even if we get killed, I'd rather like 
not be the shitty person you know <laughs> i'd rather not go down the history books like like a, I, like a shitty piece of shit i don't know if that was intended to be like some sort of allegory for like modern day return of fascism or something that you can't be passive like i don't know what they're going for there but it hmm. seemed like they wanted us to be with girl michael and not michelle yo and i'm not sure why because like she commits mutiny and she fails at it it's like what what am i supposed to do with this character uh, i don't know if you're supposed to necessarily agree with her i think you're supposed to feel because I, I like i said i have seen the trailer for the next one where she's getting like shit from other prisoners mm. on this prisoner transport because like the war is still going and like so many people have died i think you're supposed to feel like she knows this is a boneheaded dumbass thing to do also michelle yo i don't know quite how the vulcan nerve pinch works I don't think that normal people recover that quickly. So I, I took that as kind of like a sign that she's a badass. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, and of course she gets a fight with a bat lift. It, it's like a new bat lift though. It's like a, a fancier one. Yeah. I don't know why they need to redo the Klingons. I would have been fine. with like, why do they keep trying to change the Klingons? They're, they were fine before that makeup was probably pretty easy to put on. They had to down to science. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you torturing these poor actors by covering them in makeup? Yeah. This seems pretty complicated. This new stuff. Can't they just bring back uh, Michael Dorn for like wars? Great, 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 great grandfather this time or something. Like that? Well, the sad thing is, I was sitting there thinking also about Worf, all inside joke supply. You you don't even know you don't like you're you're you've just like disqualified yourself from the most nerdy of Star Trek stuff because otherwise you would know that it's during the, this time Star period, Trek Six. Exactly, there is yeah. a war. No, that's that, right that, now. That's what my reference was to. Yeah. Okay. So like basically we could cut over to like uh like teenage wharf who's like going through law school so he can eventually like represent Kirk and McCoy and try. I, I think it's it's that guy's dad is uh another commander, I don't know what, you know. So so next gen wharf would be like Wharf the third. Was the other guy Wharf the second? Well, technically there, there's I don't a, think they go by that. They're not all Wharf. So the first guy was the, the guy in Star Trek Six is Worf as well. Yeah. His name is Worf. And okay. so Michael Dorn is, you know, Worf in Next Gen. So yeah. Triple your Worfs. Mm-hmm. Um I I I like the Shenzhou. I I didn't like that the bridge was on the bottom just because that goes it's like different from every other Star Trek show. Um I'm not crazy about the like Neo Ralph McQuarrie Star Trek Discovery look. I don't like the cutouts they have in the saucer section because I just feel like that makes no sense. All the look, it, it, it didn't look Star Trek-y to me. I don't know. It, it all looked very Mass Effect to me, especially the, the spacesuit thing that she was in was very Mass Effect. Um, JJ-verse. Somewhat, yeah. But no, but the, the design of it really looks specifically like Mass Effect to me. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I'll watch more of it. But it, it, I feel like I haven't actually watched a show. I've just watched right. like a weird two-hour tv movie prelude to the show and the, the actual show might be the same or it might be totally different i suspect it will be it'll continue to be serialized in some fashion well, i'm commander girl michael there she's like oh that's a terrible idea do not kill the tavuka or whatever his name is uh what was his name tacoma tacuma tacuma yeah don't kill that guy he'll become a martyr that's an awful idea don't kill him and then she like goes and kills him and you're like yeah okay it didn't even it wasn't even like a, a moment of truth like type thing where like she she had him dead to rights and he's just like ha 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 you know if you kill me like it wasn't like 
she made the choice it kind of was just like a, in the heat of the moment type of thing so it didn't even mm-hmm. play like she was making a decision and she just seemed like kind of an idiot well and and she wasn't saving you know uh, uh michelle yo she no. was already dead but it wasn't even like i am consciously taking revenge you know like it, they didn't really play that up it was just all sort of kind of happened in a flurry yeah yeah <laughs> it was just like hey guy you know you're dying yeah his like weird like albino klingon sidekick or whatever yeah not here for that guy either it's the whole show just going to be like a like a klingon war show now i guess i don't know um i'm really curious about jason isaac's character because they've described him as like a soldier who's like really fucked up apparently he has like a slight southern accent and he kept trying that's a bad idea they kept trying to push like he wanted to have like a like a catchphrase, like a make it so catchphrase. Oh. And so I, I keep reading this story. I don't know if this is like a like a really dry joke or not. But supposedly like the catchphrase he pitched to the producers was that his character would say things like get her done. Oh. And people were like, is he being sarcastic or not? Like, does he does he not know Larry the Cable Guy? <laughs> they, he should have a British accent. There's no reason to give him a southern accent. That's awful. Hey, y'all. No one wants fucking Foghorn Leghorn as their starship captain. I say, I say, I say, let's go to war against the Klingons, I say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess we'll see how the show goes. But yeah, much How many episodes are they doing? Values? Like 13 or something? They're doing, I think, 15 in the first season. They're like splitting it in half. So you'll get. I mean, is, uh, is anyone watching this show on CBS All Access or whatever that is? Fuck no. My my yeah. torrent said Netflix. I was like, huh, okay. So you got like a British one? Or... I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It's like a Netflix original series. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't know if that's accurate. <laughs> I mean, that happens to me with a lot of shows. Like, I think in some parts of the world, like we hear from our, our PLL listeners in like the UK or Ireland. Mm-hmm. I think Ireland, it's like you'll get PLL the, the day after on Netflix. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't think I have anything else to say about Discovery unless you do. No, I'm I'm just curious about what like the I, fuck is I was it go? I was eager to to see like you know what the the makeup of the crew is one interests me about a Star Trek show because they you have archetypes to fill. And I don't think it's necessarily mm-hmm. a bad thing that you're filling, you know, your archetypes there because that's kind of the fun like to me the the fun of a Star Trek show is not like look at all these crazy alien locations we go to it's like just give me the bridge give me your different personalities and give mm-hmm. them like an interesting thing that they have to solve or fix mm-hmm. and this show was like the opposite of that so shall but at the same time i i enjoy a show i don't know how compelling some of the scenes were but where it's just people on the bridge or like stepping into the ready room ad nauseum and just like talking like it felt organic. It worked for me in that regard because that's, that's more Star Trek than like firing photon torpedoes and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I hope they can find some kind of like actual discovery or explorers or like, let's be scientists and frontiers people angle. Eventually I, I don't want it to just be like the Klingon war stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, let us now circle back to the perfectionists, a creative corner. I guess the question is with 
Discovery is how are they going to write Emily out of Discovery? How will they write Emily Fields out of Discovery? Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that they at least like maybe they're trying to get Shane Mitchell as like a, a guest appearance role. But if they can't, they're going to have to they're going to have to do something to explain why she's not around. Yeah. The one I laughed the most at was uh, I can't remember where I read this, but it was this idea that uh, Ari and Ezra Ezra would uh, adopt the babies after they Ooh. divorce. Ooh. <laughs> they were like, we don't want these kids anymore. Which is just salt in the wounds of innocent chippers. I wouldn't let Ezra have my child. He's a pedophile. Yeah, they're Rance kids. Yeah, true. Same thing. Same diff. I mean, did did Allie join the military and uh, take one for the country? Did, did uh, the house burn Emily. down? Emily. Yeah, did Emily, uh, did the house burn down and only Allie made it out? Like how dark do you go? What if what if Emily's in like a coma? But what about the baby? And so the though? only time, like I think the babies are adoption. a bigger problem. Yeah, the, the babies are a bigger problem. Uh huh. No, nobody like wants babies battle? on a show. Let's be real. Like babies are a pain in the ass. What if there's a custody battle with uh, like Ren's family? Like, what if they show up and like demand grandparents' rights? And they're just like, sure. These babies, <laughs> they lost their luster pretty fast. <laughs> they hit the terrible twos, and that was it. You can have them. Allison's like, well, since technically it was Emily's eggs, and the kids look nothing like her. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, maybe Allie, like she gets hit on the head by a falling toilet, and she re- reverts back to old Allie again. Yes, please. And she promptly cheats on Emily with Paige. Ooh. Ooh. Just all the daggers and all the guts there. And just like, peace out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to Seattle. Make my fortune at Amazon. <laughs> I'm going to whatever. Uh, if not Amazon, like number two on the list is like wherever that Grey's Anatomy Hospital is. Oh, what would be uh, like the PLL version of Amazon? What if? What if uh, it would be whatever the be one like, the beep is? No, it would be like the Nile or something. You know? It wouldn't be Exeter? No, no, because I'm like, you know, the Amazon River. I'm just thinking like, what's like the weird Amazon analog they come up with? And it'd be like the uh, like Nile or like Rio Grande or something, you know? Oof. Um, Google famous rivers. <laughs> Aside like, from what Caleb, if, uh, that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe it's just called Caleb what if uh, ooh, it's, like, it's, like, it's the Lucas and, uh, and Caleb social media search engine advertising juggernaut Thames I'm just going to be saying the names of Rivers for a while but please continue no no by all means just educate our listeners on the various rivers the Rhine Missouri River the- come on what about just the Mississippi? No, that's too American. That's boring. And Mississippi's like one of our shittier states. Mm. Will Caleb make an appearance ever? Like, will they? Will it be the kind of show where they're always angling to get like, like, like fucking Keegan Allen for a cameo or something? You know, because mm. he'll do it. 
I wonder if he would. I think he would. I think the hardest... Who do you think it would be the hardest to get back? Trent Belisario. Nah, see, I, I think... Um, I would Actually, say no, Ashley I Benson. think uh, Hannah. Yeah. yeah, I would say Hannah. I, I think Ashley Benson would be the hardest to get back. She would only do it if like uh, her and Shane Mitchell were doing it together, I think, or something like that. Insult to injury. It's a scene of just Emily and uh, Hannah, like no house. <laughs> well, do you think like Mona's apartment? You know how when they found Ezra's like creepy lair and it had those yeah. gigantic pictures of Allie on the wall? Like, yeah. do you think em- or uh, Mona's apartment is like that? Only it's pictures of Hannah. Well, I mean, it, it would be pictures of all of them, though. It would be pictures of Hannah. It'd be pictures of Spencer. It'd be like some of those like sleeping pictures of Arya. What about Twincer? It would maybe, be no pictures of, of Allison. Um, maybe maybe this is how they get rid of Emily. So Mona decides that Alex Drake is better now because Mona's like, hey, I knew when I was better and uh, you seem better, so I'll let you go. But it turns out Mona's not a really good judge of that. And so Alex Drake shocker. just goes and murders Emily. Would it be like at the and end the of two, Honor and Max, the two children? Service? Yeah. Would the would the pilot be like the the pilot of Discovery, where it's like uh, it's just the two of them on like their their Parisian delayed honeymoon at the end? <laughs> they keep thinking they see Spencer, and then it's just Alex Drake, and she just kills them, or she kills Emily and the babies. And that's I'm uh, sorry, the babies have to go. I don't know what else you do about it. I, either the babies are going back to live with like the Kingston, you know, Duchess or whatever, or they got to go. Like double or they just They were always a figment. Also, they're always a figment of magic. Also, doesn't Allison co-own a fucking motel? No. Yeah, maybe it didn't work out. Maybe Mary Drake's business acumen wasn't all it was cracked up to be. It's kind of a loser. Maybe that's why it was abandoned to begin with. They're like, what do you mean this motel in the middle of nowhere? Yeah. <laughs> it's no fucking visitors. I said this on Twitter, but I, I really want the episode where you think it's a Spencer episode and Troyan showed up, but it's actually Alex Drake. But I feel like the only way that would work is if this the supposed Spencer does not interact with Mona for the entire episode until the very end. And Mona like immediately just knows like, oh, no, it's Alex. And then they kiss and then they kiss. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's got legs. Other than the babies going back to the Kingston estate or dying in a fire, like what else could you do with them? I mean, it's like her, Allie and Emily had a messy divorce. They don't talk anymore. I mean, I'm trying to think of... uh... I've watched fucking YouTube videos about this of like what a shitty absentee dad both Ross and Fraser were. <laughs> Sally, like I never wanted these babies. You take them. What was what was her? What was I trying to remember? What was her original response in season seven when Emily asks her if she wants to do this thing, and she's just like, eh. Yeah, she was not into it. Let's she's be like, honest. They that was a game of chicken that they both lost. I mean, if they're divorced, it makes a lot of sense that Emily gets the kids. Yeah. Well, Emily wanted them. Allie didn't want the kids. Yeah. 
dragging and it gives her you down in her prime twenties. Gives you something for Allison and like Mona to bond over. They can go have a drink and they can. Uh, Allison can explain like that was never going to work out, right? And Mona like looks at the camera and she's like, "No, it wasn't." Wink. Yeah, no one had faith in that relationship. No one was paying attention. Mona's like, it probably wasn't going to work out, but man, sleeping with Paige, that was brutal. High five. <laughs> and then Allison's like, thank you. I just don't understand why you went and then slept with her, Mona. <laughs> Who are you getting revenge on? And Mona's like, no one. Everyone. Uh... I'm trying to think who's left in the PLL verse they could bring in, like the the people who like that they're free, their schedule's free. I mean, like Lucas, he's poor, he's broke. Yeah, he lost all his money. Yeah, obviously Noel Khan is you know anything. Yeah, I don't know. There's always room for Shower to come back. Yes, there is. She was never really dead. She was just undercover. They just that you you killed her twin sister. Yeah, she actually works for the CIA. She just had to burn her cover. Yeah. Guess what? She was, I live. She was just Nolcon's Mossad contact. <laughs> Everything is going according to plan. Oh my God, I would love it if Shower Harvey came back in some fashion. I would definitely watch a show every episode if she was in it, yeah. Or just make it meta. Just have Dre Davis, author. Yeah. That's himself. Dre Davis is an author that I, I, I want to read her writing. So bad. Like, what? where's the networks who are, like, greenlining the TV show version of her, her books? Oh, you could do Emily's in the military, but again, what about the babies? Yeah. What's the What's the most horrific way they could kill the babies? Uh, like they do in Mother. Ooh, where they get eaten. <laughs> yeah. Their necks get broken, like in a crowd dive, and then they, yeah, they like get a eaten. weird death cult. Yeah, yeah, like the Emerson shippers devour the babies. Oh no! <laughs> and then they they turn to the camera like fruit punch mouth of blood, and they're just like, we're more fucked up than the Ezrians. <laughs> Oh, Amazon shippers are not going to be happy with us. Another another Amazon fatwa. Lily and Grace, those are the names, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't either. It's a messy divorce and Allie did not keep custody or those babies have to die. I don't really see any other way around it. Unless it's some weird like alternate timeline type business or something. Whoa. Where where do you where <laughs> what is the Kelvin verse like? At what point does Eric Bana go back in time and change the PLL universe? Maybe Twinser never happened or something. Where like what I mean, she never Twinser like, never met Charlotte. Would it be like what if the bulk of PLL never happened? Like what if Allison never disappeared on that Labor Day weekend? No, that's too far. Okay. Because you, you lose all the Mona intrigue there. No, I, I think it had to be something something preventing the five years forward, I guess. Hmm. Which I feel like would be Ren 
never walking into that bar. You know, he went to a different pub. Hmm. Rain, oh, rain can also come do back. You mean, what do you mean the donkey's nipples close for repairs? Oh, well. <laughs> rain, can, rain can come back as a diamond. Yes. Oh, my God. If the diamond just like spoke to people like a Twin Peaks style thing. It just stare into it, yeah. Don't do it, Mona. <laughs> sort of. That's not your destiny. <laughs> and then Mona eats the diamond. Um, I, yeah, like, so divorce, like you said, some kind of job thing in the military, Emily's away. What do you do with the kids? Emily dies in the military and Allie can't stand to look at the baby's faces anymore. And so she I just, gives them to Ezra and Arya. Just, you know, again, like I personally feel like Bella Thorne you're not serving she gives her the bella thorn no i was saying like like when famous in love <laughs> definitely i definitely gonna die i don't feel like you're serving the the actress bella thorn with the character you gave her i don't think you're serving sasha pietersa for success if you make her a single mom of two kids right off the bat and the show is actually about five other teenage girls <laughs> like the show's not even about her yeah does she just like mention the babies a lot or something yeah She's it's like constantly mentioning Emily, but Emily's never around. That's weird, right? That's like like is like is Mackenzie gonna be like? I don't think that this Emily girl is real. Also, I saw her picture, and quite frankly, she looks like a supermodel. So I think that like maybe like Mrs. De Laurentiis Fields, whatever, <laughs> whatever last name from a Hitchcock character. I think she just cut this picture out of like a a magazine ad. And is passing it off as her absentee wife. That's a more interesting mystery than uh, who killed Nolan Hotchkiss, though. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Who did kill Nolan Hotchkiss? Like, episode one, no, Mona's just like, oh, I actually know, but I'm not going to say because I'd like to see how this plays out. Yeah. I'm just going to wait seven seasons, if you don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'm sexually attracted to game boards. Oh, are you kids playing Monopoly? Oh. Well, I don't think There's there is flush all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't think that they're at least from reading this uh, very very brief synopsis. It doesn't sound like they're being like taunted by the real killer or anything. Well, how do you the the brilliance of A? Like, how do you follow that up? Okay, let me ask you this: knowing nothing about it at all, who's the killer? Uh-huh. Um, let me go back to my, my list of suspects here. I assume that Julie's the real killer, but Caitlin's wow. the one I, sending the messages. Julie was exactly why I had pegged as a real killer, too. You can't trust a girl named Julie. No, no. You got a Caitlin and a, and a, and a Mackenzie and an Ava here? No, you can't. You gotta keep your yeah. fucking eye on Julie. Nothing good ever came from a Julie. Like we saw when Rachel was waiting for that asshole Ross to get off that plane and fucking Julie well, it, showed up. This is what it says about Julie in the Kirkus reviews. It says, Julie struggles to hide the truth about her home life. Ooh. Who, which of these girls like has a secret familiar relationship to a tertiary PLL character? What? They're like, uh, 
oh, what's that character's name? Uh, Jackie let Molina's me, like cousin or something. Let me just throw like this at you. Eva Molina. Let me just throw this at you. Okay. Mackenzie Lamb. Uh, like what? Like niece or I mean, whatever the fuck Hadley was. <laughs> oh man, the list said about Hadley was better. You're I, like, how does that make sense? <laughs> It would have to be like cousin, I think, like distant cousin, or maybe maybe this is where Eddie Lamb went, went to go oh. visit visit family in Seattle. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. I mean, Ezra spooked him in the parking lot. This yeah. is where he went. Ezra didn't spook him in the parking lot. Arya spooked him in the parking lot. <laughs> I feel the need to point that out. <laughs> So it's just like uh, the 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 press release is like boom from Freeform coming sometime in the next year and a half. Janelle Parrish, Sasha Pieterza, Reggie Austin, <laughs> Eddie Lamb on that phone. It just it, it instantly conjures a picture in my mind of a clue where it's like strangest thing. My old <laughs> boss is here and thunk. <laughs> like that's him talking about Ari on the phone. Uh... <laughs> And also, Lucas is on the phone, and he's like, they know every inch of my body. I could definitely see Lucas has gone to work for, uh, you know, Danube or whatever the Amazon uh, analog is here. Just keep throwing out river names. Caleb. Hannah. Ooh, Hannah. Hannah the search engine? <laughs> yeah, it's Caleb names his, uh, his tech company Hannah. After his deceased wife. Oh man, I'm killing everyone off. What if like Caleb has like uh it's like a Tony Stark AI thing, but like it's just Ashley Benson's voice. Like she's like the Major Barrett, you know? Ashley Benson's like, you get one day of me, I will phone it in literally. <laughs> I I would just do a whole seasons of like voiceover. Mekong. Um yeah, I don't know. Do we have anything else to talk about here? Um I'd be very curious how people <laughs> expect them to get rid of the Emily thing. Well, um, will Pretty Little Liars colon the perfectionist be the most tweeted show? That really remains to be seen. I just think, I think it's it's more unlikely that you strike gold. Like lightning strikes twice with a spinoff. You know what I mean? Sure. I think I think successful spinoffs have been a huge fluke and. When they worked, they worked, but well, I mean, they're going to Seattle. There is a uh, precedent there of uh, spinoffs in Seattle working. Couldn't Allison just leave the kids with Pam? Well, again, what do you do with Emily? See, this is the the quandary they're going to find themselves in is because they're presumably hoping to uh, pull in the the rabid chipper fan bases, and all those like insane Emerson chippers, they're probably not going to be here for it. If like, oh, by the way, like Emily and Allie got divorced off screen or something. Which is interesting because they don't they don't choose one. You know what I mean? It's not like. I mean, I feel like like my read on most Paley people was that they're really into Paige. And so they want that to work with Emily because that's where her heart lies. Like the Amazon folks are just like hardcore for these two to combine like a. Like Voltron. a Steven Universe gem, yeah, like a sexual Voltron. Um, 
like a scissoring Voltron. Like I don't know how you so, bring those those fans in if you're like, yeah, they the Emerson isn't happy anymore, but please still watch the show. Doesn't just make more sense to have like Beacon Heights be like the next stop down the freeway after Brookhaven and Bucks County. It's in Washington. Uh, yeah. Emily died on the way back to her home planet with a baby. <laughs> I think you just do like the oblique fragments of the flashback to like some car accident and Allison's just like Ooh, trauma. I don't I don't want to talk about it. And she yeah. has an eye patch and she drinks a lot. I could get behind that, yeah. Also, she's your English teacher. <laughs> English teacher at the night patch. And she's really mean to everyone. Uh, all right, guess what, you fucks? We're reading Moby Dick. <laughs> what is the one in the um, where Ezra takes it out on the kid in class because he dares to ask a, a question oh, about that guy. read on a, a Gil Mockingbird? Man, he really stuck it to that guy, whatever that dude's name was. Uh would you would you go would you go really bold and just like have Allison like be tempted by uh, an inappropriate relationship with like Julie? Nah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the world needs that. But mm. uh, like she just like I mean I guess if you moved it to Florida she could go like full Mary Kay Letourneau with better hair ish. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I presume she's not going to have the bangs. I don't think she has them anymore, like IRL. Mm-hmm. I think she, I think she, she, she danced them off. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think we've talked all we need to talk about this. Uh, in conclusion, we'll see. You know, I don't know. It's going to be a long time. Shrug. Uh, I, I'm, I'm happy. That, I want it to be good. I'll put it that way. Yeah. And you want a job. I do. I really do. Okay. Well, we will seriously be back for real or official relaunch of Headcanon in a couple of weeks, I think. Um, Whatever every episode was just a prequel episode. Yeah. It's just any day now we're going to start this episode for real. Uh, yeah. But that would really like sidestep all like the quality issues. We're like, look, it's a dry run. We know it's not great. I've got number zero and number wang. I, I, I had nothing after that. We'd have to start numbering them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I don't know. Unless it's like a reference, my brain's just not connecting the neurons to right now. I, yeah. I'm sure I'll be okay. All right. Well, until then, have a good one. Peace.